Hello and welcome back to the On The Slab Horror Show, the show that we bring to you each and every Friday night. Lads, I'm going to ask you once more. Don't have to ask normally, but why do we do it on a Friday night? Friday night is horror night. Woo! Absolutely. It's that good, we even got it on a t-shirt. Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, um, and obviously, we are joined tonight by a returning alum, Tombstone Head. I knew we'd get into this one. <laughs> oh yeah, I would never, never miss a chance to talk about dog soldiers, lads. And uh, we, we have the co-host with the most, the king. Whoop whoop! How's it going? Uh, all good. What's happening, boys? All good, man. All good. And then tonight we are joined by a very special guest. Um, this is a lady who might actually love dog soldiers more than than I do, or than Ted does. Actually, I'm not even going to say might do. I'm going to say definitely does. <laughs> she loves it. She loves it that much. She wrote a book about it. Um, this is author, director, content creator, podcaster, every other thing that you can think of. This is Miss Janine Pipe. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. You know, you're, you're very welcome. And thanks for taking the time out to come on. I'm excited um, about dog soldiers. So, yes. <laughs> how, how could you not be? I was saying just before we came on, that DVD collection reveled even my old one. <laughs> They're not all DVDs. There's a lot of books on there and some VHSs as well. But yeah, it's uh, it makes me feel nice and it makes <laughs> me feel inspired when I look at those. So yeah. Nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Um, so we'll start just a little bit about yourself. Um, obviously, it says that you wrote a book based off the film. How did that come about? Uh, with a lot of luck. <laughs> so um, basically what had happened was a couple of years ago, I had realized that it was coming up to the 20th anniversary. So um, originally I pitched an idea to Fangoria to be able to write just an article for them um, celebrating the 20 years of Dog Soldiers basically because they covered it when it was released. So I thought it would be nice to have that, you know, 20 year kind of cycle. So they obviously snatched it up but they said that um, I would need to speak to, I would need to interview Neil. Um, it couldn't just be a celebratory piece that I would write and need to get Neil involved as well, which I did. Um, and speaking to Neil was just absolutely amazing. He was just such a really nice uh, down to earth person and was really happy to kind of share the stories and things. I spoke to Sean Perkley for that interview as well. Um, but what happened very quickly and very clearly was that there was so much more for th that they wanted to say and that I wanted to write about it. And when you're obviously limited to just a few thousand words for a magazine article, that's quite difficult. So I actually pitched to Neil um, to write a, a biography. That was my original idea that we would sit down and we would cover everything. And Neil had just got a copy of um, You've Got Red On You, the Shaun of the Dead book that Clark yeah. Collins had written. And he was like, well, I'd love to do a biography with you at some point, but what I really want is someone to write a book about dog soldiers. Would you like to do it? And when I like picked myself up off the floor, <laughs> I was like, fucking yes, would I like to do it? That sounds absolutely amazing. Um, and I already had a publisher in mind, which was in Psychopocalypse, because I knew that they did a lot of film-created um, content anyway, with novelizations and different bits and pieces. And literally, as soon as I pitched it to the editor there, again, he was like, fuck yes, yes, of course, <laughs> my Dog Soldiers book, of course. 
and that was it it just happened really quickly and it was because of neil he was able to put me in touch with people like um well most of the cast and crew without neil's intervention i'd never have got hold of most of them because as lovely as they are a lot of them are working actors and whatnot they were very hard to be able to pinpoint and get hold of for even just an hour or so and yeah it was just absolutely fantastic that's that's awesome like especially for fangoria to come back into it um to say yeah let's do it yeah because i know i know like a lot of people talk about werewolf movies this one like as as loved as it is by people that have seen it it kind of falls away there's not a lot of americans really that have seen it and things like that which is a shame um, because yeah i'd have i'd have this ranked as my number one um by not by loads but by a good bit for me um, not to say that I don't love the likes of um, American Werewolf in London and whatnot, but for me, this one, like I've seen this, I must have been about, this came out 2002, I must have seen it in 2003, and I showed it to the lads then, and it, it just spiraled from there. We originally rented this out thinking it's going to be one of them terrible werewolf movies. Yeah. Um, oh, which was we <laughs> Too many of them. Oh. Yeah. Because yeah, we we had a habit of going in renting the worst DVDs that we could find, or hoping to be the worst ones, and seeing if we can find a couple of good ones. This came out of it, and it's just phenomenal. Like this spiraled into a sensation, really. Definitely, and I think it's nice because, like you said, there there are a lot of Americans that never even heard of it. Mm. So I think with the anniversary, um, with this, with the second sight 4K being released and whatnot, quite a few people have now seen it for the first time. Um, and they're all bowled over by it as well. You know, there's, they, they were a bit worried that some of the humour and things wouldn't quite sort of like go over with the Americans and whatnot. But everybody that I know that loves it, they could see how much love went into it. And I think that's what they appreciate as well. I think that the English or the British humour that's in it is one of the reasons. The same as the likes of Shaun of the Dead didn't go over massively in the States as well. Yeah. Um, it's a shame because like a lot of British horror is pretty decent but will never transpire well in the States yes <laughs> it, it can be far superior in in quite often if, you know when you look at the likes of Hammer you know I mean oh, like that was unrivaled unrivaled you know but uh, I, I, I think something like Dog Soldiers is it's it's got a it's going to have an even bigger cult following I think as it as it gets more it's mad to say exposure, like twenty years on or whatever. But like, as as Greg was saying, like Americans, you know, what's the story with them? Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. But like, uh, uh, I love this film. I do love this film. Uh, you know, and we have a an ongoing weekly uh, this argument discussion about this particular subject. It's either this or American Werewolf in London, and I'm the American Werewolf guy, and that's not to say I I, I love this film. This is my second favorite, uh, sorry, werewolf film. But um, it's just mad to think, yeah, it's mad to think that it's not as popular over there as it should be. It really is. Like, yeah. Like Part of that's because it didn't get a theatrical release, and then also yeah. because it debuted over there on like the Sci-Fi Channel when the Sci-Fi Channel was literally playing all the shit that you would find on the you know top shelves and blockbuster kind of thing. Mm. So it didn't have that kind of like presence, and it took a long time to get it on a DVD over there as well. So I think that was part of the problem of why people couldn't even access it. Mm. 
Yeah, I think a big problem was the type of, as the lad said, the humour in it. Like, it's it's very lads, lads, lads humour, which, yeah. especially 20 years ago, the Americans did not get that sort of thing. Like, they didn't understand this, you know, talking shit to their friends and putting them down to as, like, you know, that's you having a laugh. Like, that's dealing with the situation. They That didn't translate well to them. It's starting to now. So yeah. hopefully this kind of kicks up. It does start to kick on because... I think that's why we don't see a lot of great um, like werewolf films is the States is where, you know, that's where your big blockbuster films really come from. And they don't really have an interest in werewolves all that much. They're more interested in kind of vampires and like superheroes and stuff now, which is great. But we do need a few more decent werewolf films out there because yeah. it, it is slim pickings. It is, the, yeah. <laughs> the G-Man needs more creature features. <laughs> He does. Uh, Janine, can I ask you about the book, uh, if you don't mind? Uh, so, how much preparation and, you know, like, did you have to watch the film, like, you know, not not that you had a problem with it a thousand times, or, you know, you know, what kind of, well, tell us the amount of work and dedication, and because I've, I haven't read the book yet, but I've read a lot of uh, really, really good comments about it, and uh, just give us a little insight into how hard you worked on the book. So it took me from start to finish um, about four months to write. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of watching it over and over and over and over, which was not a hardship in the slightest. <laughs> you love your job. <laughs> um, and then obviously like lots and lots of interviewing and, and getting, um, and, and that was probably the hardest part actually, was not doing the interviews. The interviews were brilliant, but having to like record them and then yeah. sit down and listen back and transcribe them and all of that kind of stuff. So there was quite a lot of labour involved to getting all of the bits and pieces sorted. Yeah. And Neil was a bit of a bugger because as much as he helped me, he didn't want to see any of it until it was finished. He, <laughs> he completely trusted me, which was amazing. But at the same time, I kept saying, oh, should I do this or should I do that? And he was like, no, I don't want to know. I don't want to see it. I completely trust whatever you're going to do with it. And thankfully, he absolutely did love it. But yeah, there was a lot of kind of like coming up to midnight and I was still like, just one more, you know, interview to kind of get done and whatnot. But as I say, you know, how many people can say they've got to really deep dive into their mm. most favourite film in the entire world? So I, every moment I was lucky that I was doing it. I loved it. That's awesome. It really is. Yeah. To hear that kind of passion and to be able to work on that is, you know, and that's, I love hearing that kind of stuff. It's brilliant, like. I actually, I actually was listening to your last podcast with yourself and it was Neil um, and then obviously Neil from For the Love of Horror and Charlotte about the lair right, and it yeah. seems like the two of you have kept quite a good relationship um, yeah. Yeah. it seemed like the banter was real it's, it's, it's crazy when I think to myself because I was at the For the Love of Horror convention with Neil and the rest of the guys from Dog Soldiers um, yeah, well jealous about kind that of like, I was like right I'm just gonna I'm gonna spend the weekend with them and I, I kind of like sometimes drift over to the table and see what's going on because I didn't want to kind of like I was just like I'm just the author of the book no one's gonna want to know anything to do with me so but first of all Neil was like Neil Marshall was like no you're sitting with me for the entire weekend you're coming in the green room you're doing everything with us you are mm. part of the dogs family so stay here 
And then secondly, the other thing that was, was astounding is the amount of people that brought sausages to be signed. <laughs> now, I mean, granted, some people didn't know who I was. So they had brought the book and they asked Neil to sign it and Neil would kind of like elbow me and then he'd go to the person, do you want the author to sign it too? And they'd be like, <laughs> oh, it's you! Oh, brilliant. Then, Hi! <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose that's, that's the thing though, when you're an author of a book, your face isn't necessarily out there. It's not as if, like, they brought the main female lead back in and that was you. Yes. Like, the author's kind of the... Me, un- when I was sat with Neil, someone said, he didn't play Megan, did you? <laughs> like, uh-huh. did you bring anything like no. that? But, okay, I'll, <laughs> I, I'll sign it for you, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. that, that's the thing. The author, the author, the likes of the screenwriters and things are all the unseen heroes of it. Absolutely. Um, obviously, I know your book came out afterwards, but without your face being plastered on the back. And I think I don't I don't particularly like that in books where the author plastered their face on the back. <laughs> um but like it'd be that'd be a cool thing going to see the lads and then all of a sudden yourself is there and you yeah. have that book and then everybody signed it and you're like, Well, there's probably not many of them around. Yeah. That'd be awesome, yeah. yeah. It it was nice. It was it was surprising and you know, I I'm you know, I'm a very humble person, so I never expect anybody to have a clue who I am or why I'm there. And several people did try and hand me the money because they thought I was his handler, and I'd have to go, no, it's <laughs> I'm just here, kind of thing. But whenever anybody came over and, like, a couple of people were like, can we get a selfie with you, Janine? And I'm like, you know who I am! <laughs> Uber fans! <laughs> Because you know who I am. <laughs> so yeah, it was cool, and the lads they were they were just so lovely. They all got very very drunk on the first night. Which was, <laughs> that's the way to bond, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the, the one thing I did see, I seen, I watched a lot of the panel and stuff. Um, how many times do you reckon Darren Moffat got asked to say his line? <laughs> He did stand up on like on his chair and like for everyone to be quiet and like shouted out a few times he did it. He, he was a good sport because he doesn't do anything. That's like the first convention and stuff he's done for years. And it was only because I really, really, really begged him to come. And then he was like, Janine, I'll do it for you. That was the thing. They, they know how much like the film and the book meant to me. And mm. so he was like, You've taken all this time to do that. The least I can do is come to the convention and stuff. So it's it was really nice. It, it's a li- we're a little family. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you're keeping know. everyone kind of uh, to, in, in a way together, which is brilliant. Like so, you're actually more integral to the to the dog family than you probably even imagine yourself. It's great, fantastic. It, yeah. So when I think about it, it blows my mind, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Uh... The, the convention went really well and it was a huge hit we were thinking about going and then it was it was Carl's Mrs. 40th that, that weekend so we, we didn't go um, and it was a shame then because we seen it get announced and I was like and of course oh. and, and, and David Norton as well for me I was yeah. like oh what the hell <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely I told you I told you you should have just broke up with her and that would have been that <laughs> Yeah, well, I was thinking about it. I really was. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Sorry, Arlo. It is what it is. So, uh, would you have um, like a really, you know, a real interest in werewolf movies in particular, or just horror in general, or horror in general? But I do yeah. love werewolves. Yeah, they're yeah. my favorite 
creature, whether they're oh, yeah. my favourite films or not, obviously, because as we said, slim pickings, yes. but they're definitely my favourite creature. Because I think they're one of the few that haven't been like romanticized and they haven't been, you mm -hmm. know, sort of um, made to be anything other than what they are, which is yeah. horrific, ferocious we, beasts. And I, I we, like won't, we won't mention Carl's favorite movie, Twilight, then. <laughs> Thanks, Tims, for that. Thanks, Tims, Tom. <laughs> no, uh, do you know, I have to be honest, I love, and I, I think I've said it a few times on the show, my, I love Nosferatu. Um, as a depiction of, of the of vampire, but my favorite kind of modern depiction of a vampire is the vampires in 30 Days of Night. Yes, I, I love that yeah. film. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. the way I see vampires as filthy, disgusting bastards. You know, that they're not there to make love and romance and all, they're there to just yes. eat, you know. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, once they don't once they don't romanticize werewolves, I'm happy because that'd be a bit fucking weird, like you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we might be going down the whole bestiality <laughs> line with that. So yeah. <laughs> so Janine, um, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a way to put this. Is it like, what is there any other movies that you'd love to? It, this is like a companion book almost, isn't it? Isn't that, would you, so? Is there any any other of your favorite films you would love to be able to do that with? Well, um, I will be doing it with some more of Neil's films. Lovely. So the event will be the next one. Yes. And we'll try and tie them yes. in with all the anniversaries. Um, so that's the, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that will be 2025 that will come out. So I've already started talking about um, sort of like the different interviews and bits and pieces that we'll do of that. Um, and then we'll probably do Doomsday as well. So we'll keep going with Neil. Um, there are a few films that I would love to do. One of them, which is completely bonkers, and I probably would never get to speak to him, but I absolutely love Brain Dead. It's one of my most ah. favorite in the entire <laughs> world. So I'd love to speak to Peter Jackson about that kind of era. Um, and recently, I, I would day. love, I would love, 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 love to dive into Terrifier and Terrifier Two and speak to Damien mm. more about all of that as well. But who knows? All you can do is, you know, make the waves and make, you know, make the emails and calls and stuff. You never know. That'd be a fantastic one to get for you, actually, as well. Just with, with it being so kind of fresh, you know. Yes. Um. Yeah, that'd be. Uh, do you think he's the best? Do you think he's the best clown in horror? I hate clowns. They absolutely <laughs> terrify me. So I am a very weird horror fan in that <laughs> I hate being scared and everything scares me. So I, <laughs> I like. Um, violence and gore, you know, and extreme horror and all that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, all of that, you know, people that say, "Oh, I can't watch that; it's just gore porn." Give me the gore porn because I want all <laughs> of the blood and stuff. But I'm like scared of spiders. I'm scared of ghosts. I'm scared of clowns. I'm scared of anything to do with underwater. I'm scared of heights. So all of those kind of things, literally, I have to kind of watch like that. Um, so yes, I think art is absolutely fucking terrifying. Yeah took me to the convention to actually be able to watch Terrifier because oh. I met Damien and David Howard Thornton. And once I'd met them and I was like, okay, I can put his face to art now, that's fine. And I watched it and I was like, my God, I can't believe it's taken this long to watch it and watch <laughs> Terrifier 2 straight away as well. Um, and I absolutely love it. And of course, the you know, people kept saying to me, you need to watch it because you will love the violence. The violence is so over the top and all practical. You will really appreciate that. And I was like, but I can't. It's a 
Why is it but now? The, the best the best thing probably for that is obviously Terrifier Two. You're not long into the movie before you see him with the with the flowery sunglasses and all on, <laughs> and you're like, okay, so I understand if you don't like clowns, that's gonna help. Yes, definitely. Yeah, uh, and he is funny. I mean, you is. know, there are the the facial expressions and things that Art pulls sometimes when he just turns around, or there's like one bit where he just like sticks his middle finger up and he's like riding around <laughs> on the little bike and stuff. It is funny, so I can appreciate that now, definitely. But I refused to see uh, David when he was in costume as a oh, really? like, over there. I don't want to see you like that. No. <laughs> Oh, I'd have to see him in costume. I'd have to, you know. I'm hope I'm hoping the lads bring them back this year again, um, but I, I doubt they'll do two years in a row of the same thing. But I'd, I'd imagine it'd be just as popular this oh, year God. as it was last year, if not more, because more people yeah. are getting to see it. Yeah. Um, and see, but, you know the yeah. way you were saying. Sorry, uh, Greg. You know the way you were saying you met Damien and David. So, did you maybe float the idea about doing a book from at the time? No, no, I didn't. I probably missed the boat, but only because, uh, first of all, I was a bit starstruck, which I always get whenever I meet anybody like that. And even though I hadn't seen Terrifier at that point, I'd listened to so many interviews with Damien and just respect the hell out of him as a director. So I was a bit like, ah, Stephen Looney. Think you need to keep it calm. I think you need to get a book over to him now and, and say, here you go. Here's an idea, you know? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. He knows I wrote sausages, so you know he knows that I do yeah. that kind of thing. So maybe, but I, I think probably though, Damien's probably had a lot of offers for I'd stuff like so. that. Yeah. yeah, but this, I mean, I mean the, but the, the the reception for this book has been phenomenal. So I mean, it has yeah. been. Yeah, we shall see. <laughs> that that like that shows the amount of fans that this movie actually has. To be like, as I said, it didn't break quite as well probably in America probably didn't break as well as the descent and stuff did um but like they were the first two big big movies and like you probably couldn't have asked for a better two in horror really to come off your your first two dog soldiers i think boxed out of five or six million and the descent went i think went a little bit higher than that didn't it i think it, it did, did. Yeah. yeah um it shows the difference though like when you actually have a good idea and like, don't get me wrong, the cave idea was done twice that year, really, by two different movies. They had the descent, and then was the one called the cave itself? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. The descent blew the other one away, um, and then like for Neil, it was great. And then obviously, you're saying you're going to do the book on it, which is going to be thing because they're two of my favorite horror films. Like, I'll watch them once a year. Well, I watch Dark Souls more than once a year, but <laughs> definitely, I do watch the descent more than once. Um. But like for that to be to be linked in with somebody like um, Neil Marshall is, is great because he has a connection to a lot of people. Like he obviously has the connection to Sean Pertwee from this. He has um, Liam Cunningham and things like that, um, who I actually had the pleasure of meeting when I was working in IKEA. And uh, <laughs> he was in, and do you know what? Like people were all recognising from Game of Thrones. I was like Captain Ryan. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say, I'd say he loved that, didn't he? More so. Yeah. But like, it's, it's just where people know him from. Like, I know him, obviously, from Game of Thrones, but that'll always be where he is. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. but you, everyone else probably loved him because they're looking at him as the Game of Thrones character and he's a real, you know, nice character in that. And mm. you were like, there's that dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I did. I did. I actually thought it might have been a bit inappropriate to be like, "Have you tried licking your own balls yet?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I may. I may or may not have gotten trouble for that one. Now, well, we can't confirm or deny that on this show, so we will say nothing. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. So. <laughs> No, it's, it, that, that'd be too big a risk, because if he doesn't remember the line, like, how many lines has that man learned in his life? He doesn't remember. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with this lad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, be a real bastard. You're like, what the fuck? Um, but, uh, you, as you said there, you, you brought up a couple of movies that you said you, you loved, obviously, in Terrifier, and then one that I actually posted the other day that I'd watched for the first time in a while in Brain Dead. Jesus, yeah. what a crazy movie. <laughs> What a fucked up crazy movie that is. I completely forgot. And I completely forgot about the start of it being on Skull Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, which obviously then Peter Jackson then re-references in King Kong. Yeah. As a it's, just, it, it's one of those films where, if you, you know, you have like a comfort movie, especially if yeah. you've had a shit day. If you put that on, by the end of it, I'm like belly laughing. I absolutely love it. It's just so funny and so over the top. It's just brilliant. And a lot, a lot of Evil Dead references in there as well. Obviously, instead of the chainsaw, he has the fucking lawnmower and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Just out, outrightly brilliant. And then obviously putting the baby in the blender was fucking... Was gas. Yeah. You wouldn't see things like that now because no, it's too offensive. Yeah, <laughs> you can't um, do that. Why? Why can't you? It's a fucking movie. It makes it. It suits the the film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if it's if it's if it suits the film, do it. Like you know, chuck a baby in. You know. Yeah. Um, Janine, um, give us a little story on the name of the book. It's, it's a great name. That came from Neil as well, because um, I I hate titles for even just for short stories and things like that. It takes me ages to think of a title, and quite a lot of my short stories have got really really obscure titles, which is fine if it's a story within a book. But obviously, for a book, you need to have something that's quite catchy and people, you know, something synonymous that people are going to go, "Oh, I know what that is." And so I kind of said to Neil, oh, I'm really struggling. What am I going to call it? And straight away, he was like, you've got to call it Sausages. So immediately I emailed um, Sean Pertwee and I was like, right, what do you think about calling the book Sausages? And he was like, class, yeah, it's got (laughs) to be Sausages. And that was it. Nobody ever questioned it. Every single person, of course, Sausages, yes, it's got to be that. (laughs) For me, if if there was any other choice, it would probably be Bone. Yeah. That would have been the only other one. It would have been the the one-line one that makes sense. It was either Sausages or Bones. Or bone, yeah, um, yeah. All right, it doesn't fit. Put it back in. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be. And uh, the cover. Have you seen the cover of it? Yeah, yeah. this one here. Yeah. yeah. A. Oh yeah, that's, that's it. So uh, uh, Dave Bodywell for copyright. <laughs> so yeah, Dave Bodywell actually uh, designed the cover, and he designed the original werewolf as well. He was the original werewolf oh, yeah. creator and everything. So we thought again, it it just brought it back full circle to have Dave do the cover, and of his <clears throat> excuse me, and he got all of the sausages in there as well. So he was really pleased to be able to actually put sausages. When he did say to me, "I'm going to make sure I've got Sean's sausages on the book," I was like. <laughs> Just be careful because we need to be able to sell it on Amazon and they get funny about what you put on. Yeah. <laughs> stuff, stuff in different shapes, certain shapes, yeah. yeah. Um. Absolutely brilliant, though. And the, the design and the artwork on the cover is phenomenal as well. Like, for anyone that's flicking by that loves, like, even cryptids or what is it, cryptid zoology or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Flicking by, you see a werewolf book, you're like, oh, well, hold on now. 
maybe we'll yeah. read this and then you find out it's a movie and then you're like well now I'm going to go watch that yeah. and and everything spirals back to the movie which everybody should see because it's the <laughs> best werewolf movie there is uh, I'm, so, I'm not even getting into this argument this week Carl, I'm really not Carl, I'm, I'm, I'm you, totally outnumbered that's fine that's Carl, fine would you, like, would you like to ask the question this week no that's not very fair now is it in fairness I Listen, mean you thought you, you thought you thought you were going to screw me over when we had Carl on because he's no, he, American that's not the point this, uh, Janine is actually involved with the film so that's not very fair <laughs> Yeah, well, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't fair when we had the debate about which was better and you fucking shifted in a question without telling us to. <laughs> and, yet, and yet, you still didn't manage to beat us because we were able to show why Dog Soldiers is just that damn good. So, just, just for the, the record there, Janine, what we're talking about there is we actually had a guest come on and we have another co-host as well, Ian, um, and we had a special guest come on to judge a debate as to which movie is better. It was 2v2 in... American Werewolf or Dog Soldiers, um, uh, yeah, which actually went on to be our most popular episode. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, cl- Dog Soldiers is in it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but to be we, fair, uh, you know, as Neil says, American Werewolf was a direct influence on Dog Soldiers. So really, they should almost stand side by side, I think. I would be happy enough to call a truce on that if they stand side by side. <laughs> You won't agree to that because as soon as Janine's gone, you'll be like, no, the other one's better. Well, no, one thing I do want to say to Janine, actually, is I, I believe you have a, a forward by Joe Dante and an afterward by John Landis. That's amazing. Tell us how that came about. Sorry to just switch it there. That's a, that was Neil again when we were asking, you know, um, we, there were a couple of people that we approached before um, and that didn't pan out. Um, one of them being John Carpenter, who is like one of Neil's heroes. Um, and unfortunately, right there. <laughs> you know, he doesn't do stuff like that very I, often. Yeah. And that was fine. Um, and then we kind of thought, you know, well, actually, although John Carpenter is obviously absolutely amazing, the two people who, you know, the Howling and American Werewolf in London, Neil knew both of them. Let's go for it. And they were both really actually honoured to be asked. And I had to, uh, like, as a thank you, I sent them both a copy of it as well. So now I have the other mind-blown thing knowing that there's a signed copy of Sausages on, in uh, Joe Dante and John Landis's house, wow. which is pretty cool. Well, when, you th- <laughs> when you think about that, really, before Dog Soldiers came along, they're the top two, really. Yeah. And, and they were a top two by a long way. Definitely, yeah. Even 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 Jack Nicholson couldn't save uh, Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it shows Wolf. the difference in the time it took to to get another good werewolf film out. Like that was mm-hmm. the whole thing. Like the Howling and you know, an American Werewolf are so so lot. Like I, the the difference is just so big in time between getting a good one and another good one. Yep. So we must we must be due another one now soon, like sometime in the near future. And we have to be due an, another good werewolf film somewhere. Like there's been I a mean, few good comedy ones, but I I don't want like the comedy ones are great and I enjoy them, but I want another serious one. I want a proper mm. dark you gritty. Lean, lean on uh, Neil there to to come back and do another one, will you? Yeah, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe it doesn't have to be another Dog Soldiers, but. Well, you can't do another yeah. dog soldiers because you know 
Spoiler well, for anyone who hasn't the... seen it, they've <laughs> killed all of them. The original <laughs> idea was for three of them, I think, wasn't there? Yes, it was meant to be a trilogy. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think he made the right. I think he made the right call not doing a trilogy because I think yeah. it had ended. Like you'd have to go elsewhere and say that there was another family like that somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? And you've there lost. Could there could be, but you've lost so much of the cast. You know, like the cast that they had was just so perfect. You know, you have to losing Sean mm. Pertry is just huge because he's the sergeant. You know, you have to replace him. That's. Mm. That's not going to be easy going. I nope. think the, the, on, the only thing there was, I think Kevin McKidd went on to be a star in America. Obviously, I think he done, is it Grey's Anatomy? Is it that the one he's done? Yes, that's what he's in, yeah. Some, something I don't watch, but I know he's in it, mm. which is yeah. great for him. Like, this obviously was, was kind of him coming into fame as well around that time, which is great to see a lot of them. Um, I was always surprised because of the kind of character that Spoon was that he didn't make it into many more but then again some people don't want to you know what I mean yeah and um, Darren's done a lot of TV stuff as well so he you know he he constantly worked over the time that he did it it's just that he tended to stick more with TV work because of uh, his wife was also an actor and then they've got kids and whatnot but he doesn't do anything now nothing at all completely left the acting behind well. You see that for a lot of people, though, they have, like, one or two really big things, and then all of a sudden they're just kind of like, eh, no, I'm, I'm okay. Like, Macaulay yeah. Culkin was one of the big ones, really, wasn't it? Yeah. He went, ah, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> yep. Um, which is a shame, because I actually, I thought he was probably the best, he's probably everyone's favourite character in it, him or the Sarge, really. Yes. I think it's his humour that makes him uh, quite popular in it. Definitely. Um, I thought that, yeah, he's just gas. In yeah. the whole movie, uh, like the humor in the, in the, the whole thing is just gas. <laughs> uh, the weird thing is that Darren's quite like Spoon in real life as well. What was <laughs> <it>? <laughs> he, you know, he, he's full of, he's just full of energy and full of life and like lo- loves a laugh and he's just, he, he injected a lot of himself into Spoon, I think. <laughs> Do you mean, that kind um, of role it works though, doesn't it? Because as I said, they're all. They're just all meant to be a bunch of British lads, you know. Lads. They happen to be in the army, so all yep. they have to do is take that British humour and just kind of ramp it up a bit for the screen. That's it, yeah. Janine, have you ever been lucky enough to see any of the props from the film or you like any of the werewolves, the costumes or anything like that? Oh. No. There, there's um, So Neil's got a couple of bits and pieces, obviously. Um but I've never been to his house, so I haven't seen any of those. But he said a lot of it just, a lot of the stuff, because everything that happened, you know, happened. So like the last bits where, you know, basically said a lot of the time when you um, pack a setup at the end of filming, you're like putting things into boxes and shipping them off. They were literally just like, you know, sweeping what was left of the setup and putting it in a bin bag. There wasn't very much left. And then things kind of like, um, like somebody actually came to the convention and claimed, I don't know whether it's true or not, that they had, um, it was Terry's jacket. Now, Neil wasn't sure whether it it could have been, you know, but um, the actors, excuse me again, kept different bits and pieces as well. So the only thing that I have got, um, which is here actually, which isn't a prop, but it's pretty cool, is... (laughs) 
if you can see that, but signed script. Oh, wow. Oh, deadly. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to play this game anymore. I want to leave now. <laughs> That's class. That is deadly. Je jealousy is real. <laughs> Come on, what I do with that, Paul? Yeah. Well, there's not there's not much you can do with it, you know. It's it's just a nice thing to have. Like, Absolutely, just, yeah. There's not much you can do with it. All you're gonna do is read it, and you've already watched it, you know. <laughs> like, it's 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 it's, it's more just for a, a display to say this. I've got this, you know. Yeah. That's awesome. I, can, I, can, I can neither confirm nor deny that I have seen this movie <laughs> on more than one occasion. Janine, <laughs> uh, you you I heard you, you you write short stories as well, yeah. Yes. What, what, give us an idea of what kind of stuff you do or what have you gotten out or um so i've got a, a short story collection out um one collection of my own and then i have got quite a lot of stories in different anthologies and whatnot so if anybody was ever interested if they yeah. just went to my amazon page then that's got everything that i've ever done is on there but uh <laughs> i tend to write a mixture of stuff but one of my favorite subgenres to write is something that's called within writing anyway splatterpunk um and splatterpunk tends to be um extreme violence and extreme sexual content <laughs> oh so a dirty <laughs> uh, like a, a horror mills and bill type thing is it yeah kind of Ooh. um <laughs> And people kind of look at me because I am like sort of the most genuine person, you know, like just like I am like, so if you slice me in half, I'm like half horror and half Disney. And like, so quite <laughs> often, like when I used to turn up to like the school gates to like pick up my little girl, I'd have like a Mickey Mouse jumper on and all this kind of stuff. And then people read the stuff that I write and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm very intrigued now. Carl's <laughs> yeah. about to blow his uh week's wages <laughs> so yeah sometimes the stories that I write have to have like trigger warnings and things on because they can be very sexually explicit so I'll just leave it like that okay <laughs> right well <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not even sure how to carry on that conversation <laughs> that, that without, usually without, ends the conversation yeah. without, without, without making this either weird or explicit <laughs> that YouTube might kick us off um, exactly sorry yeah, yeah right what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you the question that Kyle was afraid to ask you right so we've started this thing now obviously as you said it's a running battle every week um, I think I know where the answer is going to be but if you had to pick one American Werewolf in London or Dog Soldiers? Oh. <laughs> Tough choice. Yeah, um, especially because <laughs> I kind of know John Landis a little bit now as well. So, no, it has to be Dog Soldiers, obviously. <laughs> that, makes, that makes a 3-1. It does not. It does. <laughs> All right, well, we'll go We'll go around the table, will we? I'll go Dog Soldiers. That's 2-zip. Two, two oh. Greg? How do, how, how, uh, Dog Soldiers for me? That's 3-zip, that's that, that makes Carl. it the 3-1, it was. No, in in the series, yeah, we had no. one that didn't see dog soldiers. Yeah, yeah. Go on. And the first one, the first one went to dog soldiers. Yeah. The second one went to American Werewolf. Yeah, so it's the two one. one went, no, this is the fourth guest we've had. Oh, sorry, what? this is the fifth guest we've had. Well, I don't, I don't care at this <laughs> stage. I'm I'm outnumbered here anyway, so get on your second place podium and stay there, right? <laughs> You're not yeah. coming on this show anymore, Ted. That's it. You're done. You're done. Yeah. Ted, Ted, you're screwed for the next show. Yes. Listen, you hung your hat on the wrong horse here. 
the wrong wolf. The wrong werewolf, as as it would be. All right. You, I stand by my werewolf. I absolutely stand to, by my werewolf. I've got to ask you then, right? Uh, just before we wind down. Yeah. So obviously you have the Kessler wolf from American Werewolf, right? Would you? Obviously, we've seen that in the Helen as well. They're four-legged beasts, and they're they think. Would you count the werewolves in this werewolves, or would you cl- count them closer to the likes of a dogman and cryptozoology? An interesting they're, question. They're, se- yeah. they're seven, they're seven or eight feet tall, and and yeah. walk on two legs mostly. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you know your cryptids and look into like the whole Michigan dogmen kind of thing, these are more like that. Although um, I believe with the dogman is usually a Doberman head on a on yeah. a on a proper dogman. So um, I used to write for a podcast that was obsessed with dogmen. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I no, they're still a werewolf because of the wolf head. I mm. say I would definitely say yeah, werewolves. That's fair. That's fair. That's the one I wanted to ask somebody else. Other than we have, we do have uh, Ian is obviously a, he's a fond of cryptids as well. And I, I kind of agreed. I said it's closer to a dogman the way she, it stands up on two legs. But obviously you're right with the head is different. Mm. But then yeah. again, if you if you make this um, a straight dogman with a Doberman head, all of a sudden then you lose the part of the story. So I can see the change. There's obviously a likeness of both in there. Yeah. Um, but the proper vicious nature and the smart thinking in this is just... It's not just a mindless animal oh which definitely is, which is good as well it's a, it was a different take on the werewolf yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a different type of danger compared to say the castle werewolf which was just a a beast it's it's like there's no taught in that thing it's just savage whereas there's these guys can think and they have tactics and all that kind of stuff which is great like, it's, it's another fresh toy take on the the wolf genre isn't it, it really is and it, it was one that kind of brought it back because then obviously we've seen the great and late the late great Wes Craven come in and do a werewolf movie with Kirst, which yeah. wasn't very good, uh, unfortunately. But do you know I mean it, it kind of brought brought it back to the forefront for a little while, and now it's gone again. And you're like, oh come on, give us something. <laughs> you know, I think it's I think it's um, it's always the way for me with werewolf films. Apart from obviously those two and, and Howling, okay, it's either a really good looking werewolf and a shift film, or a shift film. And a good-looking werewolf, you know. Yeah, or, or we have the the greatest transformation scene we've ever seen in any film. Um, I don't know whether you see it when we posted it on Instagram, Janine. There's a an Indian film <laughs> where a guy is trying. It's, it's it's a werewolf film, right? And he's sitting down, backed up to the wall, and the werewolf or the wolf shoots lasers out of his eyes. <laughs> oh my god! Starts, I remember this. He starts to transform into a werewolf. <laughs> But it's like stop go motion and they're sticking oh, pieces of hair on his face. <laughs> uh, oh, best transformation a... scene you'll ever see. <laughs> send it to Janine, Greg. Send it I'll, to send, I'll send it on to you. I'd forgotten <laughs> about that. <laughs> you'll understand when, when, you, when you see it. That's um, amazing. Yeah, that's, also, that's actually a very good point about that you, we don't seem to have, like you say, great werewolves and great films. Because mm. I really like um, Late Phases, if you've seen that. I really, really like that mm. film, but I hate the werewolves in there. Yeah. They look like critters. They, yeah. they don't look anything like an That's even a great a wolf. comparison. <laughs> yeah, they're, 
is such a weird looking creature design. I just have no idea what they were thinking of that. Actually, do you know what, thinking about it now, there's a, there is another really good movie that has great looking werewolves and it was uh, Trick or Treat. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Anna yeah. Paquin's werewolves and that was fucking phenomenal. Yes, definitely, uh, yeah. That's the you last know, big one I can think of. The, I, uh, the, the wolf from Goosebumps was good. Yeah, no, that was good. Goosebumps, but yeah, it looked yeah. cool, you know. Underworld had decent looking werewolves. Like, it's not <laughs> focused solely on werewolves, but the werewolves at least looked decent in it there's that point in underworld i i i think so yeah so like yeah. you know so it doesn't count it, it doesn't doesn't, count. doesn't really count but like mm-hmm. at least they looked half decent like i'd, I'd <laughs> happily let someone do a really good werewolf film and use a cgi wolf if the film was really good but as Carl said it tends to be the wolf looks really mm-hmm. good yeah. The script doesn't hold up to it unfortunately do you know janine you might remember uh being human the series do you remember yes. that? Yeah. That was that was a good uh, interpretation of, of a, a werewolf, I suppose. Yes. It wasn't yeah. the worst, but the, the the show was very good. It was really yes. good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I have one for you to watch. Right, it's a it's a low budget indie one that I picked up somewhere, and I I think we bought it because the name of it was called The Beast of Bray Road. Yes. Um, obviously, Bray Road is that's the dog man. Yes. Yeah. But there's a film that we found, and I'll send you the cover of it if you ever get a chance to see it. It wasn't a bad, like, indie movie. Um, they have quite a good werewolf from what I can remember. Well, we literally bought it because of the name being Bray Road. Yeah. And we're from Bray in Ireland. Oh, Carlton. okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had no idea what it was. Like, I'd never heard of it or anything before that. But uh, we went off on it. It's pretty good. Okay, um, cool. But what we'll do is we'll wind down now, um, and as you says, we, we just want to thank you again for coming on and, and having a chat. Um, it's been a great thank guest, you. and uh, thanks for making the score three-one. Just to rub it in Carl's face. <laughs> I'll never win. I'll never win. But that's okay. I still know what I like and why he likes, so it's okay. Um, Some people are so is... insecure they have to win. You know what I mean? So you started <laughs> Some... this, Carl, not me. Some people are born winners, some people are born losers. You know, if, you, oh, if you're willing Ted. to, if you're willing to accept being the loser, that's fine. Sometimes <laughs> that's what you got to do. Oh my God! Talk about playing the heel, huh? Yeah, but you're the uh, heel here. All of us think Dog Soldiers is the best. You're the heel. <laughs> but um, yeah. So what we'll do is, if you send us a link to your Amazon page, we'll attach it to the thing, and hopefully the books will go up. You will probably get another couple of sales in the next couple of hours because I'm going to buy one. Oh, oh boy. I think so, too. <laughs> I mean, I, I went into a couple of workshops over here and they're like, we can't order it because it's off Amazon. And I was like, yeah. why can't you order it? They could just, you can order it yourself. And I was like, no. <laughs> well, I don't go into a bookshop for me to do the work. Yeah. This is true. I don't, into, I don't go into a bookshop in general, much, or, such as life. Um... Do they come directly from you then already in an Amazon warehouse? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, they're just in an Amazon warehouse. I, I occasionally do buy um, a stock um, for, you know, and sell them signed and whatnot, but mm. most of the time, yes, unfortunately, through Amazon. Damn, so we can't even get an autograph copy. <laughs> uh, you can, If you want one, then I will sort you one out, yeah. <laughs> Listen, we'll just, get, we'll just get it over at the convention, Greg. Are you going this year? Yes, I'll be there this well, year. We'll see, yeah, we'll see you there. We'll, we'll see we'll... you there. 
before there I wish I go on over. I'll find it for you then. Brilliant. Awesome. <laughs> um, but what we'll do is, um, as it says, I want to thank, obviously, Tombstone for coming on tonight, the Kings for coming back as usual, even after all the abuse in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> um, a great guest tonight in Janine. Um, thanks for taking the time out of your evening. Yeah. Um, which is actually great because we're on the same time zone. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, normally it's, it's not like US. it's not like two o'clock in the day for you or something or <laughs> thing. Um, and then obviously, ladies and gentlemen, I finish this episode like I finish every week. In the words, the great George A. Romero, ladies and gentlemen, stay scared. Woo! Thanks, Nim. Thank you very much. That was wonderful. Good.